Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. Recently, I was out for dinner with my family, and there in the public space in this shopping center where we were, there was an event going on in the the highlight of the event, the end of the event was a show by uh, some YouTube star who was famous for uh, showing videos or doing shows with uh, more rare and exotic animals. Uh, Now, if you've ever seen a show like this, uh, you know that one of the animals that's going to prominently feature in a show like this is snakes. And you'll you'll see people holding a snake in the show, right? Lots of times the performer, he will have a snake, but he'll call some volunteer from the audience and he will put the snake on them or ask them to hold the snake. And no matter how many times I've seen a show or a video like this, I am always shocked because I hate snakes. And another thing is I have very, very little experience with snakes. I've seen maybe videos about snakes. I've seen snakes at zoos very infrequently. Have I ever actually encountered a snake where there is no glass or something separating it from me? And so when I see like a a child up there holding a snake, I'm like, this is shocking. How do we know that the snake is not going to kill this kid? But then I think about the, the, the performer who likely has spent hours and hours and hours with snakes. His comfort level with snakes is going to be much different than, than mine. He is not going to be as shocked by the mere presence of a snake as I am. Now, let's come now to the topic of sin. And that's one of the reasons why I like to justify my hatred of snakes. I'm like, well, hey, the, the, the devil, the, there was one animal that he chose to be there in the garden and it was a snake. So how can we trust snakes? All right, but let's think about the topic of sin. And we need to admit we are unfortunately very familiar with sin. Uh, We were once not saved. Sin dominated our lives. And even now as believers, we struggle against sin. We stumble into sin and likely don't go very long in our lives without some kind of sin. I mean, remember Jesus taught us in in teaching us to pray that we were to confess our sins. And that seems to be a regular occurrence for us. We are very familiar with sin. So like that uh, performer, right? He is not shocked by the snake. Unfortunately, you and I are not shocked by sin, but we need to view things through God's perspective today. Uh, Because he is someone that has no experience, not just little experience with sin. He has no experience with sin because he has never sinned. And so I think there is a freshness to his shock and the way that he talks about sin that we need to recover today. Uh, Let's look now at the prophet Jeremiah. So today we're looking at Jeremiah chapters one through three, and you can see there at the beginning, it says the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests, and it talks about the reign of Josiah and then also uh, the, the kings 
after Josiah. And so this is fun doing this in chronological order because now we've read about King Josiah, we're coming to Jeremiah, and one of the biggest things you need to know about Jeremiah is when we get into Jeremiah, the end is coming quickly. Jeremiah is the prophet that will see us through to the end of the nation of Judah, the end really of Jerusalem at that time, and the end of Solomon's temple. Uh, Isaiah, is he's a major prophet, but he comes earlier. Jeremiah, as the major prophet, he comes at the end, right there. His ministry centered really on Jerusalem and the southern kingdom of Judah. And he says something in chapter two that I want us to see today, uh, where God is rebuking the people, starting in verse 11 there in chapter two, has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So it's a very powerful description of sin. Uh, as two evils. It involves forsaking God, the fountain of living waters, and hewing out cisterns that are broken. And there, remember, in those days, they had no faucets, they had no running water. And so you could either have a spring that was constantly producing fresh water, or you had to have cisterns that kind of caught water and held water for long periods of time, which sounds more refreshing to you. Yeah, that's right, the spring. And he's saying you forsake in me the spring or the fountain of living waters and you've hewed out cisterns and not only are these cisterns you know the water is going to be a little stagnant or whatever they're broken and they can't even hold water and that is what sin is like and so now we need to make this personal you need to realize that is what your sin is like when we give in to sin It involves two things. One, we are saying no to God. And we need to remember here, God is the fountain of living waters. We are saying no to the one who can truly satisfy us. And we are saying yes to something that is broken, something that cannot fulfill, something that will leave us empty. That is what we are doing in sin. You say, well, that makes no sense. Exactly. That's what God is saying. It's shocking. It's appalling. Why would you do this? Uh, And we need to realize that in our own lives. And especially as Christians now, we should know better. Uh, There's an old C.S. Lewis quote that, at least in my lifetime, has kind of been uh, brought back to the center a lot by the writings of John Piper, talking about how we have desires that are actually too weak. We settle for less than what God offers. And it talks about this child being content to play in the mud in the slums when he doesn't know what a holiday at the sea is like, right? He's playing in the mud when he doesn't even know there's something so much better out there. Here's what's actually shocking about uh, the sin that Jeremiah is rebuking. And really, if you're a Christian, the sin that you commit in your life, you do know better. You've had the holiday at the beach, yet you are still forsaking that for the mud of the slums when we give in to sin. And so I'm praying that really looking at this account does a couple things for some of you. I pray that this would shock some of you out of sin. 
that that seeing this description would be a rebuke to some sin that that you are engaging in in your life and you would realize no this is empty this is foolish and you would forsake that sin to to find satisfaction in God and I also pray that this description would shock many of you from sin. That as you face temptation today, you would you, you would use this verse to speak to yourself. Why would I give in to temptation? Why would I forsake the fountain of living waters for a broken cistern that can hold no water? Why would I do that? Why? I I hope Jeremiah has that effect on us. Now, some other things to note from Jeremiah, you see his call there in uh, chapter one, where God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then later, uh, as he warns him, don't say I'm only a youth. You know, God says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Now, that's where these are specific words to Jeremiah, and we need to acknowledge that context. But there are themes from here. As, as a Christian, can't you say that God knew you and formed you? And God is not calling you to be a prophet in the last days of Jerusalem like Jeremiah, but there's other promises in the New Testament that we know God has promised to be with us, and we do not need to be afraid. And so let this picture of Jeremiah be something that encourages you. Also, some things to note, hopefully doing our reading in this chronological order has helped us see some things, even as we see warnings about Egypt or Assyria. We know God is saying, don't trust in these foreign nations, trust in me. And then we see also God calling the people to repentance. And we see even pictures of a future restoration. So a lot of things to notice there as we get started uh, in what will be a great journey through the book of Jeremiah. Now, as we start the book of Jeremiah, we finish the short epistle from Paul to Titus. Now, this is again one of the pastoral epistles where Paul is not writing to a church, he is writing to a pastor. And he says some things here at the beginning that I think are important for us. It says, remind them, so hey, pastor, remind your people to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. And so there, especially in our day and age where it seems like the conversation in our culture is becoming more and more coarse and our culture is definitely becoming more and more divided, we need to hear these words. God is calling us to submit to rulers and authorities. That is to be our default. And how we interact with others, look at verse two, even just we're to speak evil of no one, we're to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Those are good things for us to say, are we doing those things in our world? Are we shining this kind of light? And I think there's some misconceptions where we want to look at this and we need to understand even who is saying these things. This is the apostle Paul. He was someone who was bold and he was 
someone who was ultimately martyred for his faith by the rulers and authorities. So that should help us remember this does not mean that we don't stand for the gospel. This does not even mean that we do not criticize or or say things that point people to the truth and even use the truth to rebuke things in our culture. I do think our culture wants us to believe this lie that you cannot disagree with someone, you can't criticize someone, you can't even rebuke someone and also show courtesy and gentleness towards those people. I think any study of the Bible will show us, no, it's possible. Look at Jesus. Look at Paul. They were bold. They were clear, but they did it in such a way that should be a model to us. And so we need to check our hearts that, hey, we are seeking to follow God's instruction for us here in Titus 3, 1 and 2. And then it gives us a great theological reason. Really, we need to make sure that we don't become spiritually arrogant. That's where a lot of this flows from. But if we remember that we were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit." Uh, And so there we see, hey, don't forget you were lost too, but God saved you not on the basis of anything you've done, but because of his mercy. And we need to never lose sight of that as we interact with the world around us. That does not mean that we don't speak the truth. It just means we speak the truth remembering, ah, if, if God hadn't got a hold of my heart, I would still be in the darkness Two. So a good thing to look at there in Titus, a good thing to pray for you, for even your church, that this would be the, 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 the tone and really the manner in which you are a light to the world in this dark age. And we'll see a lot more about light in the darkness as we look at the prophet Jeremiah, who was God's light and a voice of God's truth in a time that was incredibly dark in the nation of Israel. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.